Hey folks, Larry from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Have you been trying to figure out what subscription box to sign up for? If you're a movie buff, then I've got what you need, baby. Horror Pack. For just $19.99 each month, you'll get three DVDs and an exclusive. Or you can spend $24.99 and snag three Blu-rays and an exclusive each month. Just go to horrorpack.com and pick your plan. Now, you've been told what to do, so go do it. Horrorpack.com Let me do the top 10 game first. Okay. This is where I got Ferrari rolling. Uh, true. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Hey, Chris. Keep that bullshit rolling. Yeah. It's time for another Achieving Reality of the Podcast. Yay! All right, so uh, this week, Chris and I talk about Metal News with Rush and Guar. We do a top 10 of the worst live-action cartoon adaptation, and we review Cheese Bong. I love that stuff. You can eat it after you smoke and everything. It's great. No, no, Neil, not a cheese bong a bong made of cheese no this is it's a Korean snack Neil oh well, that doesn't sound as much fun man. I don't know is it, is it tasty? well sure I like it a lot I mean you gotta like the mixture of fish and cheese fish and cheese <laughs> no thank you oh yeah I bet when you're really high I can give you one you'd eat it yeah yeah probably but I don't really taste very much that and you know all the weird shit that I eat Huh? Okay, that's a given. Alright, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Cheese Bong, the ever-popular something or bog bourbon game. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. See ya! What's going on today? Your hair. What about my hair? It's straight up. Straight up? And then back. Like ducky. Is that any better? I don't have Lower. any. I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any product in it, so. Lower. I mean, you're shorter now. <laughs> okay. So I have some metal news. Alrighty then. About, about what? It's about Alex Lifeson from Rush. Formerly from Rush. Well, no, he's still from Rush. He's not formerly from Rush. Rush? No. So, he's uh, he, uh, no, but he's not formally from Rush. That would mean there would be a Rush. No. Yes. He's formally from Rush, which was what you said. Mm-hmm. That means there he would be back in Rush because he's formally from Rush. No, he's formally he was... with Rush. That would be different no. because Rush doesn't exist. So there is no Rush. So he was formally from Rush. No. He's still. From Rush. So, Rush's Alex Lifeson says he has completed a new album with Coney Hatch's Andy Curran. Apparently, Coney Hatch is another band I've never heard of. And he says... Look it up. He says he's... Yeah, go ahead and and Google that. 
She's often her mutter. So, to mark the occasion of his collaboration with Epiphone Guitar Company and the release of the new Alex Lifeson Epiphone Les Paul Standard Access Guitar, that's a mouthful, Rush guitarist Alex Lifeson Never been on recently debuted two brand new songs called Kabul Blues and Spy House. Fans can get a listen to Kabul Blues and Spy House in the video below. And check out the songs in their entirety well, exclusively. I don't know. And you can't click the link below. Well, hold on. And check out the songs in their entirety exclusively at alexlifeson.com. Hey. Which is what I was getting to until you so rudely interrupted me. I'm just thinking of listeners. These two instrumental songs mark the first new music from Lifeson in near a decade. Instrumental? Yeah, he's a guitar. So speaking to Sweetwater about Kabul Blues and Spy House, Alex said... And it was transcribed by blabbermouth.net, which is where I get this from. I've always had a home studio, and for me, obviously, it's a great escape to just write and have fun in that room. I think after Rush stopped touring, I really wanted to keep active because I didn't want to lose the chops. And uh, I started writing shortly after the last tour, and I wrote maybe a half dozen songs. And they're all very, very different from each other. One's got a country feel. One's got this trippy kind of psychedelic feel. Kabul Blues was really just an experiment in playing a bluesy thing with a sort of psychedelic trippy background. I first layered all the crazy weird stuff in the background and then basically played the solo over it. And it was really a lot of fun to do. A very different approach to something that's just very traditional form of music to add these other influences. Then... In Spy House, Spy House is like two and a half minutes, but it's really punchy and it's a simple kind of riff, but I think it's really effective and it gave me a chance to stretch out on the solo at the end, which, I don't know, maybe you don't hear so much anymore these days. It was a really fun thing to do. On the more medley metal news. Medley metal news. Ooh. Medley metal news. What's the name of the episode? (laughs) So it's more metal than Rush, which is prog rock, technically. Yeah. Really wobbly, medley, metal. Guar announces a Odor's Orungus that's tape. Not, that's not how you do that. What? You're going to do it all gravelly and deep. Guar announces. Sorry. Guar announces. I should put a bunch of echo and shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> they announced that Odorous Orungus has a 10 inch toy. Congratulations. He's the guy who founded the band. He passed away many a year ago. It has been over seven... so they say. No, he did. It has been over seven human years since the former lead singer of... The one and only... Odly? The one and only... Only... Odorous Orungus departed this plane of existence. Now... High on plastic toys, that's the name of the company, and I have teamed up to give you 10 solid inches of the immortal corruptor himself. Berserker Blothar has had this to say I've had a blast with this little guy. I got blackout drunk and played with it in the bathtub. I got it carried away and wound up at the ER, having to remove it from my no no spot. Just like in the old days with Odorous. Starting today, 
you can fork over hard-earned cash for your very own Odorous Orungus toy. This limited edition measured in at 10 inches tall and is made of hand-pulled premium soft bee vinyl by High on Plastic Toys. These are packaged in a poly bag with a premium art card. Art card. Pre-order yours today. So the toy will be available in three variants. Fully painted, glow-in-the-dark translucent blue, and that's available at gore.net, uh, exclusively 150 pieces. And orange. Yeah, just 150? Yeah. And oh, the blue one? or that, That's the blue one. And orange with green ooze, also available at gore.net, exclusive only to 150 pieces as well. Wow. Dave Brocky, who was Odorous Arungus, and fronted gore, was found dead in his home in Richmond, Virginia, March 2014. According to Virginia State Medical Examiner, he died from acute heroin toxicity by accidental means, which means he overdosed. Brocky was the last remaining original member of Gore, which was founded 37 years ago. He was 50. The satirical metal band earned a following for its macabre, over-the-top costumes, offensive lyrics, and graphic gore-soaked shows which band members performed as the descendants of an alien warrior race who arrived on Earth to enslave and slaughter the human race. Which is true. Dangerously close to Scientology. Duh. Does that make Scientology more metal? No. It makes Scientology more stupid. Don't get sued. Good, go ahead. That'll just get us more listens and bring us still more no money. So there you go. Gore announces an odorous Arungus yeah, ten-inch to toy. Damages, huh? Like, well, nobody heard the episode, so. Well, yeah, the only people that actually heard it don't really care. So <laughs> we have a huge Scientology follow-up. <laughs> so there you go. So a little bit of metal news with Gore and Rush, because they're technically prog rock. Proggy news. <laughs> Today in prog rock. In prog rock metal. New my metal news. Can't even make that a weekly bid. Yeah. Rock rock news is. I guess if you were covering all of the re-releases and remasters and everything. Yeah, we could talk a lot of vinyl. You can get away with it. Yep. All right, so there you go. So cue really mixed up, confusing music. Music. Seems familiar. What time is it? Oh, that thing. This is the top 10 worst. Did we stop doing those? No. I never stop. Uh, I just do it when you're not around. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I've got a whole laundry list recorded. (laughs) I've got thousands of them. Top 10 quilting techniques. (laughs) Actually, I have a friend who could do that. That would be funny. Possibly. She's a little wacky. So, um, top 10 worst live action movies. Live action in general? We're just excluding animation? Well, no, that, some of this has CGI in it. I'm just saying. It's kind of a weird thing to say. The top 10 worst movies is the top 10 worst live action movies. Well, because this isn't top 10 worst movies. This is literally movies that were animated. Oh, that live action adaptations. Live action. It just says live action movies. It doesn't say adaptations. But yeah. In this list, we'll be taking a look at the top 10 worst live action movies. Since a few years ago, it's become very popular to create live action adaptations of all those animated movies that were success at their time. 
But in contrast with the positive reviews that Maleficent has received or the success that has reached The Beauty and the Beast since its premiere this year. Oh, wow, this is 2017. Yeah, I didn't think they did too well. Well, Beauty and the Beast did. They did? Yeah. I didn't think people liked it that much. Oh, yeah, it did really well. Uh, here we'll take, not as well as some, but here we'll take a look Better at those films all. that didn't achieve any success. Eon Flux? Oh, that was, I liked it, but it was bad. Number 10, The Legend of Tarzan, 2016. This is the one with uh, Alexander Skarsgård in it. Samuel L. Jackson, Margot Robbie, some guy I've never heard of, and Christoph Waltz. It was the live-action version of the Disney cartoon. I didn't realize that was the case. Yeah. So we all probably watched Disney animated movie Tarzan when we were kids. I wasn't a kid, but it was so famous that a live action adaptation called The Legend of Tarzan was released in 2016. It was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures and directed by David Yates. This adaptation wasn't that bad. It received mixed or average reviews. Both the critics and fans thought that The Legend of Tarzan had more on its mind than many movies starring the classic character, but that isn't enough to make up for a generic plot or sluggish pace. Number nine, Yogi Bear, 2010. Oh boy. Yogi Bear shows famous animated television series about the misadventures of Yogi Bear in Jellystone Park. It's a live-action movie. It was released in 2010 and directed by... Yogi Bear was the height of his popularity in 2010. Yeah, and it was directed by Eric Brevig. But this was an absolutely bad idea. Even though one of the movie stars was Justin Timberlake, it received generally... Yeah. Justin Timberlake as boo-boo. <laughs> it generally All received... All fans are like, what the fuck's a boo-boo? <laughs> Negative I'm say Justin's boo-boo. Negative reviews from critics. For example, one of them from Common Sense Media said, Dumber than average family comedy won't even impress children. Scooby-Doo, 2010. Really? People love Scooby-Doo. I didn't make the list. This wouldn't be on the list if I made the list. The other two would have been. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? A very famous animated TV series. Scooby-Doo, the movie, was its first and worst live-action movie. It was created in uh, 2002. There's been two additional sequels that went straight to video. Yeah. This article may be a little dated. 2017. Directed by Raja Gosnell, despite stars like Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr., who were part of the cast, this Sir movie Michelle Geller? just says Michelle Geller. It's supposed to be a different version, then. Well, no, it is Sarah Michelle Geller, but it just says Michelle Geller. Somebody just didn't proofread this. We're part of the cast. The movie was a completely bad idea. I loved the movie. It was more a parody than a live action of the original and received generally unfavorable views from critics. One of them, Robin Rousey, Razuzzi, from L.A. Rousey. I don't know. I love that little bit right now. <laughs> Described it like entertainment more disposable than the half-hour cartoons ever were. I loved it. I thought it was great. Number seven, Garfield. Yes. 2004. <clears throat> never saw it. I did. I, I saw I it on trailers. TV. I saw trailers for it. As we all probably know, Garfield is a very famous American comic strip created by Jim Davis. Yeah. Out of its popularity, too. Yeah, in 2004. The first live-action film based on the comic was Garfield, the movie. It was released in 2004, directed by Peter Hewitt. The movie received many unfavorable reviews from the critics, most of them because Garfield the Cat was created with computer animation, although all the other animals were real. Yeah, otherwise, well, I mean, they could have done it. Instead of using a real dog for Odie, they would use a CG dog for Odie. Yeah, or instead of using... CG cat, they could have just used a real cat, and it wouldn't do anything that Garfield does. 
Hollywood has a rich and varied history with CG cats. It's always been successful. Except for cats. Garfield. Number six. And this was one of the ones that really disappoints me. Popeye from 1980. Really? Yeah. That's why I said it disappoints me. Because I still think this movie, even though it is very dated now, is great. I mean, Robin Williams was absolutely perfect as Popeye the Sailor. The second best casting in the movie. Yeah. Papa the Sailor is a cartoon created by LZ Chrysler Seeger. I probably just butchered the fuck out of that, but whatever. I don't it's, think you'll see. No. Its live action movie adaptation was created in 1980 and directed by Robert Altman. Altman. Isn't he supposed to have like an A after the M? Probably. Or doesn't. We already talked about the proofreading here. True. Although the film was starring comedian Robin Williams as Popeye, it received many unfavorable reviews. One of them, for example, was from the American film critic Leonard Maltin, because, yeah, who described the movie as boring. Yeah, but it was a phenomenal movie. And for children, which is what it was fucking for, it was perfect. And in 1980, I was seven, and I really enjoyed it. Though if I turn it on now... Other than me going, oh, it's so dated. I would still enjoy it. Number five, The Flintstones, 2000. The original with John Goodman? No. This is Viva Rock Vegas. Okay, there we go. Sorry, Mr. Bobble. Although, not really. He was horrible. Yeah, but I don't think he realizes he's getting into horrible movies when he makes them. He's just having fun, and then he realizes, oh, shit, I'm in another flop. Yeah, well, although, the, well, that, that, he's not that great of an actor. But he means well. Yeah, well, so do some mass murderers, but, you know. You can tell he's trying. Oh, that is true. I will give you that. Although the first live-action movie based on the Flintstones created in 1994 received many positive reviews because it was good, from the critics, its prequel didn't even reach it. Instead, it received many unfavorable reviews and considered a cheap-looking movie, because it was. And the guy playing Fred Flintstone was garbage, and Mr. Baldwin, one of the Baldwins, was garbage. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. Number four, The Smurfs 2, 2013. Never saw it. I forgot they made that. Another example of prequels or sequels that may be a bad oh, choice. Oh, really? Yep. Is The Ugh. Smurfs 2, as we know. Smell it. As we know, The Smurfs was and is a 2011 live action movie based on the famous Belgian comic, which that always blows my mind that it's Belgian. Which was at the height of its popularity. Yeah. It's centered on a fictional colony of small blue humanoids who live in mushrooms. They say mushroom-shaped houses, but they actually are mushrooms. In the forest, although the first movie wasn't a success, which, no, but it was still good. Hank Azaria was perfect. But instead, it received as negative as positive reviews from critics. The producers decided to create the sequel that was a total shitbox. It was even considered on the list of the worst-reviewed films of 2013. Damn. Now here's another one that well it's probably one of those situations where it's like we've got a property we paid money for the license we need to use it before we lose the license go ahead and slap together a sequel yeah they probably just went with the straight to DVD version they didn't make it actually it wasn't you, a sequel it was a prequel you have to have that much money to put in the CGI for it I guess you yeah, want the that's release. a lot of money for CGI well all your main characters are CGI exactly so here's another one that I'm a little disappointed with though it is bad I thought it was actually pretty good. Speed Racer, 20, uh, 2008. 2008. I think that's just a matter of taste, really. If you can go with it or you can't go with it. But they did the movie as an anime. 
Yeah, that was the point. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, I just don't think Westerners can wrap their head around that. I think that's the reason why a lot of people thought it was bad, you know? Well, I mean, the, the, a lot of those stylized things like that, people, the general audience can't get a hold of, like, uh, Sky Captain. I like that, too. Yeah. It was a shit movie. I just I don't really like it. I think it's a good movie. This sport live-action movie was directed by the Wachowski brothers oh, in 2008. It's based on the famous 60s Japanese anime and manga series that we all probably know, Speed Racer or Mach Go Go Go. It was thought that the movie had everything to succeed, a hero aboard a fast car with a great popularity since the 80s, but that didn't happen. Instead, and it had Christina Ricci in it, which is one of the reasons why I watch it. And John Goodman? Oh yeah, because he played Pops. I forgot about that. But that, they're just coming off the Matrix series. Yeah, but that didn't happen. Instead, the movie had just unfavorable reviews by the critics. Even more, it was ranked as... And we're going back to the... Some, some people will get that and some people won't. I'm, yeah. I'm going to leave it in. Yeah. But I'm going to actually take it out. Just leave the part where I say I'm going to leave it in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was ranked as rotten and overloaded with headache-inducing special effects and neglected to develop a coherent storyline. That could be a problem. I don't think any of that happened. I mean, yeah, their special effects were ridiculous. But that was the point. That was the point, yeah. Yeah. That's like complaining that this movie's oversaturated. Yeah. Duh. It's a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. We do bright colors in cartoons. Exactly. I think I still think the movie was, was good. I'm actually surprised I haven't bought it for my collection. I really know. I could probably find it in one of those $5 bins. But uh, I liked it a lot. Number two. Gem in the Holograms, Ooh. 2015. Oh, that gives us two possibilities for number one. What do you think? No, my original thought was Eon Flux. They got Gem in the Holograms in there. Josie and the Pussycats can't be far behind. It's neither one of those. Really? Yeah. Gem in the Holograms was a famous 80s animated TV series based on the line of dolls from Hasbro. It was about a music company owner, Jerrica Benton, and her singer alter ego, Gem and the adventures with her band, The Holograms. Subsequently, a live-action adaptation of the series was made in 2015 with the same name and directed by John M. Ch. But this adaptation was a complete disappointment for the fans of the original series, who by the time this came out were in their 30s and some early 40s. And apparently it wasn't very true to the original series. No, no it wasn't even close. I watched even bits and pieces. it was the height of its popularity. Yeah, yeah. I watched pieces of it on YouTube and was like, yeah, this isn't even anything like the television show. The thing is, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I never watched the TV show. I did. I saw like the opening. Uh, but it was on after like Transformers. I was done after Transformers. Well, it's, that's the reason why I continued watching because it was a cartoon and it was something to, to watch. Even the critics cataloged it as one of the weirdest big screen adaptations of a cheap TV cartoon they had ever seen. Oh. Why did you... So oh. Is number one another adaptation of a cheap toy-based cartoon? Toy-based? No. Oh. Oh, that so, the universe off the hook. That should be here, but that's so bad it's become a pop culture icon. The original one. I can't wait to see what Kevin Smith's doing with it. I've seen pieces, and holy shit. Oh, yeah. So, number one mm-hmm. is Dragon Ball Evolution, 2009. I wouldn't know, I've never watched Dragon Ball. I've never watched the live-action version either. I've watched... But I saw, you know, trailers and stuff. I watched Dragon Ball Evolution, and I've watched the, the manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the I anime? I watched the manga, yeah. The anime. 
I watched it. Uh, the anime... It sits there. does nothing. Yeah. The anime, Americanized anime, mm-hmm. is garbage. And I say that because I don't want to sit through a half an hour of people talking about getting ready to fight or screaming because they're powering up their special power. And then there's three episodes straight of just the fight. And you're just like, wow, that's that's crap. So I don't know how anybody got into it. As a manga, which I have flipped through, it's great. It's a phenomenal manga. Because you don't spend 40 pages of, of him powering up. You see one page of him powering up. A few hours later. Yeah. All right. Getting off that. Uh, nothing. Not getting off on that, Chris. This, this is, I'm not doing this episode for... You said it was manga. <laughs> so, Dragon Ball it's Evolution 2009, a live-action adaptation of the Japanese manga as successful as Dragon Ball, claimed to be a failure even before it was released. So, in 2009, was filmed its first live-action movie with the name Dragon Ball Evolution... But it was a story totally removed from the original context of the saga. As we expected, the reception of this adaptation was a complete disaster. It received unfavorable reviews from the critics and fans who said Dragon Ball Evolution lacks the magic that made the books upon which it was based a cult sensation. beat out Last Airbender. Yeah, apparently. Hmm. At least according to this list. Actually, I'm surprised we didn't see Fat Albert on that list. A lot of people didn't like that. I thought it was actually a really good adaptation. I thought it was a really good adaptation. I hated the storyline. I thought it was, it was me. Well, it was the it was the fading of the characters from being in the real world that kind of bothered me. Well, you need that ticking clock to get the story moved. Well, you could still do it, but it was the... I don't know. I just didn't like the fading out. I thought it was dumb. You didn't think it was dumb in Back to the Future? Because that was just... That was a picture... That was fading out, and then Marty was fading out. And then, as the picture faded, Marty faded. So there's a better realism, quote end quote, to it than time travel is much more realistic than alternate realities than just fading cartoons. Like, well, yeah, because cartoons fade anyways over time. No, no, no. If you do them digitally. All right, so there we go. So top ten, according to this, worst. Live action movie adaptations of cartoony stuff. So roll all that into a big Beautiful ball of music. It's lunchtime, and you haven't eaten. I haven't. We'll do the cheese bong from Korea. Cheese bong? Ooh. Neo. This is my fifth pack. He's already smoked the others. Very thick, man. It's hard to get a good draw on it. <laughs> you can't dry these through my pipe, man. <laughs> hey. Hey, Chris. What you got there? I have cheese bong mm. from Korea. Oh, I need anointment for that. <laughs> they are fish. Oh, you hear about Larry? He's got cheese bong. <laughs> They are fish, sausage, cheese. They are fish, sausage, cheese flavored. Fish, sausage, cheese flavored. Yes. So it violates every culinary rule in existence. Unless you're cheese and fish. Unless you're Korean. 
Oh, that didn't work at all. Fucking little tag just ripped right to shreds. Oh, come on. This is not you just, my... You're having a day today, aren't you? I am. Fuck you, it's open. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Fuck you, it's open. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here you go. Have yourself a cheese bong. Oh my god, what is that? Cheese bong. Solid. Solid cheese bong. Oh wait, I gotta hit These are individually wrapped, I'm hoping. They are individually. I'm hoping this is a wrapper. It is a wrapper. Dang. This is not what I was expecting. Chili too. Well, they were in the fridge. They have to be kept frozen or cold. Frozen. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I'm trying to open this thing. Well, don't bother. Are you having any? The tab just comes off. Easy pull starting tab thing. <laughs> Easy pull stutter tab thing? Yep. Yeah, see, that's what I got too. Great. Well, I just need a kniffy. dig your finger in there and. I prefer not to. Why'd you do that? Long fingernails. Oh. oh, crap, it's on the carpet. I got cheese bong on the carpet. I need a knife on this one. All right, let me go grab you a kniffy. This, this is very, um, shit, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe, 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 nope, nope, nope. <laughs> oh, almost, almost. Ta-da! Kinda. <laughs> well, we're gonna need it to open up the whole stick, so. God damn it, I just spit more cheese bong out on the floor. That was in my mouth that I couldn't actually even taste. I don't even know where it went. Now it's part of the floor. And forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, Brady Travis. Hey, pop culture references. The pop culture podcast? No. We're very shy on pop culture. Pop culture-ish podcast? Ooh, that's a weird smell. Ooh, what is that smell? Yeah, well, I mean, it is fish it's sausage. Is the expiration date? Oh, you know what that smell is? Fish and cheese. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's not going to be the most popular candle over in Yankee Candle. <laughs> it says... It came down between this and poop. <laughs> you said poop. Somehow I got the sticky thing on my finger there. there it's, it's, almost, to... it's on the label. Best Buy oh. two years ago. October 10th, 2021. Oh. Well, it's apparently still good. Let's go. <laughs> Famous last word. Oh, wow. Wow. That's... Exactly what it said it was. Cheese and fish. That is really weird. You know, it might be good without the cheese. It might be good without the fish. Well, if it was without the fish, it would just be a string cheese, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just weird. I guess this is why all those cooking shows say you're not supposed to put cheese with fish. <laughs> they knew about the bomb. <laughs> oh, I didn't get the translator out. So one. ingredients. Fish paste. Golden. Imagine that. Golden thread fin beam. Cornstarch. Bream. I'm sorry. Cornstarch. Soybean oil. Cheese. Solid type. Soy propene. Propene? Soy protein. Sorbitol. Salt. Soy lecithin. Sugar. Onion powder, egg white powder, monosodium, that must be where the binding agent is, calcium carbonate, cheese flavor, ascorbic acid, contains fish paste, soybean, milk, and egg, manufacturing oh. facility that also processes mustard, peanuts, crustaceans, shellfish, Ugh. sesame, sulfites, tree nuts, wheat, treacle, Pork, chicken, and beef. 
Jesus Christ! Everything is made wherever this thing is made. Good lord. In Hwang, Korea. Oh, this is Korean. Mm-hmm. I was right the first time. Well, I said it was from Korea originally. It won't translate the text on the top. That's weird. Maybe it's gibberish. Jesus. Oh, here we go. It's Japanese. It's Japanese? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, my God. What? Cheese intestine. <laughs> Stray fish intestine. That's what it says. It's, that's what it's translating to. Stray fish intestine. How do we? Know oh, mysterious a... fish intestine. Ah. Now stray fish intestine. How do we know what a stray fish tastes like, though? It just keeps changing. I, I strangely can't stop eating this thing. I'm on my second one. I wonder what Marissa will think when she gets home. Oh, see who made it. Wang. Mm-hmm. But it's not Wang. 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 No offense. All right, Wang, I hear they segregate here, so don't tell them you're Jewish. All right, all right, let's go. Wang Global, that 70 calories. Well, I've eaten 140 calories of fish bong cheese. Fish cheese bong. All right. Wow, that, that was interesting. It was definitely interesting. I like them. Kind of. But I'm probably never going to buy them again, though I might buy the other flavor so we can see what it tastes like. What was the other flavor? Durian? <laughs> no. Durian cheese sticks? No, it's not durian, but oh, there it is. Didn't get on the carpet. Camel. No, it was another fish style. Prawn? I think it was prawn. So we'll see what that tastes like. And then. We should do a movie for Sci Fi Network called Piranha. It's just it's giant, giant man eating prawns. Just giant prawns. We should. Or, or, we'll, well, we'll go with giant mantis shrimp so we can have that really fast thing that they do with their arms. <laughs> Q weird fish cheese thing. All right, well, so there you have it. Another episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast, done and done. Yeah, hey, Larry, man. Uh, yeah, Neil. Yeah, I tried to those cheese bun things, man. Oh, what'd you think? I mean, you, you, you take a little getting used to. Yeah. Yeah, they, they definitely do that. But, you know, otherwise, uh, they're pretty all right. Yeah. They don't have a very good draw on them, though. You can't even smoke them very well. <sighs> Neil. <laughs> oh, Neil's got jokes now, huh? Yeah, sometimes. All right, well, thanks, Neil. Now, go away. Yeah, all right, I'm out. See ya. All right, folks, so, uh, hope you really enjoyed, uh, the episode. And, uh... Now you know what a cheese bong is, so um, there you go. Or Chris, Chris in parentheses, Harvey, Neil, and everybody else involved, I'm Larry saying, if you can find them, buy them, because cheese bongs are actually pretty good. See you later. at all.
Hey there, listeners. Larry here. If this is your first time listening, then, hey, how's it going? If you're listening with a friend or just kind of ran into us, I can help you find us some more. You can find us by searching on Spotify or Podbean by typing in Achieving Reality in the search bar, or you can go on Facebook and type in Achieving Reality and find us that way. Thanks a whole lot and keep enjoying the show. We love y'all. Sorry, I have something on my glasses and there's literally a dot right in the middle of my eye. So let me just wipe those off real fast. It's still there. Okay. <sighs> a few hours later. <laughs> Whoa!